morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Thank you for being the example. I appreciate that. Also, uh, you see some of us wearing some jerseys around here. This is obviously Super Bowl Sunday. And so we just said, you know, today's we're just going to wear our jerseys. I sent my wife out to get me a jersey. I said, hey, can you go pick me up a jersey, babe? She said, sure. And and I was thinking, you know, NFL, Super Bowl Sunday, she'd come back with an NFL, some kind of NFL shirt. And she came back with a Michigan shirt, you know. And I'm like, well, that's a cool shirt. And then I get all kinds of flack from everybody in here saying it's the wrong color and all those kind of things. But I had somebody that threw me a bone. I appreciate it. You know, Tom Brady is in the Super Bowl this year. What's this going to be number what? Numbers, number nine, I thought it was. Yeah. So uh, uh, he's in the Super Bowl, but he also played college ball for U of M. So really what I'm doing is I'm just supporting the foundation that made Brady what he is, all right? So listen, I'm going deep in this whole thinking right here. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) So anyways, thanks for showing your colors. Appreciate that. How many of you know it can be fun in church, right? It don't have to be stiff and starchy. In fact, if you think a church should be stiff and starchy, you just haven't met Jesus yet. I said, if you think church is supposed to be stiff and starchy, you just haven't met Jesus yet. You know, the Bible says that God dances over you. I mean, think about it. We got this idea that God's this big, stiff and starchy, bearded guy sitting up on the throne with an iron fist. Just don't make a mistake because God's going to get you. No, the Bible says that God gets jiggy with it. I <laughs> said. God gets jiggy with it. He, he sees some of the victories in your life or even when you're going through the junk of life, but you choose to trust God. The Bible says that God, come on. I can't, if I do the floss, I, I, I can't, I don't know. I never, I had one of those little kids show me how to do the floss, you know. But anyways, uh, how many of you get know that heaven's going to be fun, right? You know, I've heard it said before that when you get to heaven, you're probably going to have a flat head. And they say, a flat head? Yeah, because when you get there, you're going to be slapping yourself in the head and say, no, dear God, you mean it could have been like that on earth and we just didn't know it, right? So God wants us to have a good time, praise God. Amen. <laughs> I don't know why this, this thought just came to mind. My wife, she's just, you know, she's the love of my life. You know, I guess it's just kind of in this thought of being lighthearted and being funny. But uh, we were talking the other day, and we were talking about, you know, eating food and stuff like that. And then just out of the blue, she said to me, she goes, are you a big Mexican guy? <laughs> and I said, well, I know I'm a little chubby, but I said, I'm not, not big by any means. And I said, I'm certainly not Mexican either. And so, <laughs> so <laughs> but she, she was asking me, do I like Mexican food, I guess. I'm like, <laughs> you big Mexican <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, she loves me in spite of it, you know, whether I'm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, hey, welcome to GBC. <laughs> Well, praise God. Well, we're going to do this message, get into it today if we can. Uh, I've entitled this message, No Guts, No Glory. And so we're just going to uh, 
use some scripture, and if you will, just it really is the only way that I can do it, is to share scripture to help connect the dots on some things. Because you realize that the Bible is really a book that is connected from cover to cover. And so many times when we read the Bible, we think, well, gosh, it don't make sense to me. Or they're talking about this, and then they talk about this, and then they talk about Jesus. And, and, and then there's Old Testament, New Testament, but they're all connected if we understand that there is a thread that leads through every single part of the Bible. And so we're going to endeavor to do that this morning, show some things. But again, what I want to really just uh, uh, piggyback on is last week, if you were here, uh, our fifth Sunday is our, or excuse me, our last Sunday of the month is the service where we call it our believers meeting, where we just purpose to go a little bit deeper. Our first Sunday of the month is what? (laughs) Donut day, bring somebody to church day, right. So we bring people, invite people to church on the first Sunday again. So we're talking uh, again in a scope where if you never came to church, maybe we can help you get a connection with God. And then the last Sunday we said we're just purposing to go deeper with God and have an experience with Him. And last week we just had an amazing service. I mean, I had so many people getting with me and saying, that was just an amazing service. Like, wow. And it's amazing how when people come together and have a hungry heart where God just shows up, right? God just wants to show up. How many of you know that God never intended to be a God of hide and seek? He desires to be a God of show and tell, right? And so that's the God that we serve. And so we're going to be looking at this this morning concerning the presence of God. Really just having that interaction, that that fellowship with him and here's what we saw last week the bible says jesus said over in matthew chapter 16 verse 20 he said if you'll speak my word god will confirm my word and that word confirm means to establish or to make firm so in other words when we look at the word of god god says i'll make sure that that word becomes alive to you That this Bible isn't something that you just read, but it's something that you live. And so if you recall last week, we simply talked about how the Bible talks, if we praise God, if we lift our voice, that God inhabits the praises of his people. That word inhabit means that he comes down and he settles in the midst of where we're at. Come on. The Bible says that if we'll start praising God, God will show up. And so we shared God's word concerning that. And as we began to do it, God lived up to his end of the bargain. He showed up, right? I mean, you can be driving on the road. You can be in a traffic jam thinking, I wish I had somebody to talk to. I wish I had somebody to ride with me. All you got to do is start praising God and he shows up. In fact, one thing that I've learned is that if you learn to talk about God the right way, God will always show up in the manner that you talk about him. You talk about him being a healer. He's like, oh, you think I'm a good God that way? Let me just show you. You think, God, you supply all of my needs. And God says, oh, if you thought I did good there, let me just show you now. He's always wanting to reveal himself in a real way. How many of you know that God wants to know you and wants to have a relationship with you? In Psalms 22, we already said this, but it says that God inhabits or settles down in the praises of his people. So God desires to come and connect with us. Now here's where I said, 
if we look at the scripture and begin to connect the dots, we begin to see that that has been the heart of God right from the very beginning. Just to hang out with you. Just to spend time with you. Just to be known by you and to know you. And we see right in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 8, you know the story of Adam and Eve, right? There's the Garden of Eden. And so many times we hear those stories and we think it just a fairy tale story, if you will, or a good story to be told to children. But no, there was a place called the Garden of Eden. And God made his man and his woman and placed them there. And the Bible says in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, it says, And God walked and talked with man in the garden on a regular day or a regular basis. God walked and talked with his people. Man, wouldn't that be cool? Just be walking down the road and saying, hey, God, how you doing? In fact, I've been doing that before. I remember one time I was in Walmart, and I was praying. I was just, I say praying, I was just actually fellowshipping and talking to the Lord. But my mouth was moving. How many of you know that you can actually fellowship with God without your mouth moving, right? But at this particular time, I was moving my mouth. And I was in Walmart. And so as I'm walking down the aisle, my wife kept looking at me. And I'm like, you know, just looking at her back. Finally, she stops me and says, stop doing that. (laughs) And I said, what? She said, your mouth is moving and people are going to think you're crazy. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) Get the point. So I can still fellowship with God. But my point is, is that I was walking in Walmart just talking with God right? And so God wants to have fellowship with us as his people. And the Bible tells us this concerning the presence of God. We see throughout the entire word of God that his presence and the word glory are synonymous. So oftentimes when you're reading in the Bible and it talks about the glory of God, it's talking about his presence. Come on, when my wife walks in the room, Woo, glory shows up, right? That was a good time to, to, to get behind your, your pastor. Yeah. I said, when my wife shows up, at least that's my confession. <laughs> Woo, glory shows up. Man. She lights up the room, right? So God, his presence is also connected with his glory. All right? Now listen. If we begin to understand that, then scriptures that we have known for years begin to make sense. In the Garden of Eden, man walked with God in his presence or his glory, right? Now, many of you probably know this scripture over in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. You'll see it on the screen. If you've been to church any length of time, this is probably one that you know. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So what did sin do? Sin separated man or people from God's presence. Initially, God's desire was to have regular interaction in fellowship with his creation, his people, but because of sin, we fell short of that presence or that interaction with God, right? And right from the very beginning, God's desire was to get his people back to that place to where he could have fellowship in the presence of his people. And for that matter, God's people, from the very beginning of that fall, his people were wanting to get back 
to his presence, to have fellowship. But there was this thing called sin that kept this distance between God and his people. What are we talking about today? We're talking about no guts, no glory, or no presence of God. All right? So all of sin and they've fallen short of the glory of God. Now, the Scripture tells us this. And again, I'm going to give you several Scriptures or make reference to some Scripture. But the Bible says this, that God's glory appeared to Abraham. Now, if you remember Abraham, the Bible says that he was the father of many nations. And it says that through Abraham, Jesus would come. Right? So, right from the initial start of God setting in motion his plan to have fellowship with his people again, he said, or the Bible says, that Abraham had fellowship or was in or experienced the glory or the presence of God. And he says, I'm going to use you to restore that fellowship. Then we see in Exodus chapter 24, starting in verse 15, it says, Then Moses went up into the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Come out here. I want to talk to you. So, if you know anything about the Scripture, or if you've ever watched that Christmas story, the Ten Commandments. Anybody watched the Ten Commandments before? You know, the Bible says that they're out there in the wilderness and Mount Sinai is over there and they see this cloud hovering over the top of Mount Sinai. And they all knew that in that cloud was the glory or the presence of God. But they were all afraid to go to where God's presence was. And so the Bible says that one day God said to Moses, I want you to come here. I want you to come up here in the mountain. I want you to come up in my presence for just a minute. I, I want to share some things with you. And when he got up there, this is what God said to Moses. He said, Moses, there's some things that i got to talk to you about, some things that I'm going to instruct you to do. But one thing in particular that I want you to do, when you go back down off the mountain, he says, I want you to build me a temple or a tabernacle or a church. And when you go down there and build this church then I'm going to bring my presence or my glory in that temple or that church so that my presence doesn't have to be separated from my people, but my presence can be right where they're at. Amen. So we see that that's what he did. In Exodus chapter 33, before he went down, he says, God, he says, before I go, he says, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make my goodness pass before you, and, I'll be, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. But one of the things that we continue to see is that what Moses said, see, he's in the presence of God, but he's saying, God, I also want to see you. I want to see you, God. And this is what God said to him. He says, listen, you can't handle seeing me. He said, now here's what I'll do. I, I, I'll bargain with you. He said, I'll cover you up for just a second, and then I'll begin to walk away. When I walk away, I'll let you see me from behind. And the Bible says that that's exactly what happened, that Moses saw God departing and saw his back. Now, do you know what happened to Moses when he spent time with God in his presence? 
The Bible says that when he came off the mountain from being in the very presence of God and having fellowship with God, the Bible says that Moses' face glowed. It was like a light bulb. His face shined from being in the presence of God. Now remember that because that's going to be significant as we get to the end of this. Remember, in the presence of God, Moses' face shined because he had fellowship with God. And notice the Bible also says this. It says that when people saw Moses coming, his face glowing, it says that people were afraid because of the presence of God that was still on him. So much so that Moses had to cover his face because he had spent time with God. He was changed because he had fellowship. I mean, can you think about it? his wife? You know, they're, they're, they're going to bed at night, and she says to Moses, she goes, hey, Moses, can you turn the nightlight off? He says, I, I already turned it off. She goes, well, what's going on? He goes, well, that's just my face shining, man. <laughs> right? Then she puts a pillow over his face, and he's like, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, that don't work. <laughs> you know, that, there's, that, that's happened. You know, I told you about my wife's glory. You know, there's been a few times we went to bed, and, and, and I, I happened to wake up, and, man, the whole room is illuminated. And I'm thinking, wow, there's the glory of my wife. Wow. And I, I turn over, and she's over there on her phone. I'm like, oh, oh, it's just the phone. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Anyways, turn the phone off, please. Praise the Lord. I know none of you deal with that, right? Y'all so disciplined, don't take your phones with you. Yeah. All right. So, here's the thing. God doesn't have any problem with his people wanting to have fellowship with him. Remember, Moses says, will you show me your glory? Will you show me your presence? God didn't say, how dare you ask me such a thing? I'm God. You're just nothing but a sinner. He says, listen, he says, you can't handle it right now. He said, so I'll let you see me as I walk away. I won't let you see my face, but I'll let you see me as I walk away. God doesn't mind you having a desire to have fellowship with him. And as I said, from the very fall of man, man has had this desire to come in contact with a real and a living God. God, I want to know you. God, I want to experience you. God, I want to see you. And how many of you know that God doesn't mind you having that heart, having the desire to know him? Here's the, here's the condition. God won't be tested. And what I mean by that is so oftentimes we put conditions on, hey, God, I'll serve you if you prove yourself. God, I'll do this if you prove and show up. No, that's testing God on conditions. God says if you'll have a heart to know me, to seek me, to find me, he says those that seek me shall find me that have a true heart. In fact, over in Psalms 42, the Bible says, as, my, uh, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for God. So it shows the condition of the heart or the desire. In fact, let me ask you this. Uh, how many of you have ever experienced hunger at some point in time, right? Have you ever noticed that hunger can be a gradual thing? I mean, the way that I am, I'll leave the house, I'll get busy, and it'll be like 5, 6 o'clock at night, and I'm like, man, I haven't eaten yet. I'm, I'm kind of hungry, right? It's kind of gradual. But if you've ever had a thirst, I mean, thirst is consuming, isn't it? Like, wow, I'm thirsty. And God says, as the deer pants for the water or has a thirst, he says, 
my soul or my heart thirst for you, God. So God says, I want you to have a genuine heart to say, God, I want to know you. I want to have fellowship with you. And when we have that heart, God says, I'll show up. I'll reveal myself. I'll be real. Simply because we have a heart to know him. Now, we saw that the scripture says, God told Moses to build me a place where I can dwell in the midst of my people. So in other words, what God says, he says, you won't have to look at me from afar and knowing that I'm over there, he says, my presence is going to be right in the middle of where you're at. My presence, my glory is going to be right where you're at. But here's the interesting thing. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory, even though he said, I'm going to bring my presence, my glory, right among the people, he says, you still can't go in it. You still can't get in my presence because all have sinned and fallen short. Notice what the scripture says here in Exodus chapter 40. It says that once they built the tabernacle or the church or the temple, it says, then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meetings and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle and Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meetings because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Do you know why they couldn't go in there when the glory was in there? Because they had fallen short of the glory because of sin. And the scripture tells us if man was in the presence or the glory, they would drop dead. In fact, God made provision for sacrifice to be made. And the only ones that could go into the presence of God was the priest. And that was in the Old Testament, right? But do you remember what they did is they would tie a rope to their ankle. And they put bells on the bottom of their robe. And they would go into the presence of God. I mean, you got to just imagine. I mean, uh, I know what it's like sometimes just coming to church with a wife and three kids in the car. And you get to church and you're thinking, I'm supposed to be the pastor, praise the Lord. <laughs> and you're supposed to have a good attitude. And you're supposed to have a smile on your face, you know. Woo, praise the Lord. And sometimes I wonder if I had to go in that tabernacle. Well, they had to drag me out by the foot, you know. Because if they weren't purified and they weren't right before God as they entered, they listened for the jingles of the bells. And if the jingles stopped ring-a-dingling, they started dragging out a dead body because the priest died in the presence of God. Are you tracking with me? So the presence of God, the glory of God, was right there in the middle of the people of God, but yet they couldn't experience the presence of God because they were still in a fallen state because of sin. They fell short of the glory or presence of God. But the way that God made man from the very beginning was to experience that presence. But what good is it? What good is it if the presence of God is right there, but I can't experience it? I mean, it's good to know that we've got the presence of God right here. But if I can't ever have fellowship with his presence, 
what good is it? You see, God desired to take it a step further. God desired for us not only to have his presence amongst us, but he wanted us to have experience with his presence. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says this, because of Christ and what he did at the cross, the Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And if anybody would open the door of his heart and let Jesus come in, Jesus said, I'll have fellowship with you and you with me. You see, what Jesus came to do was to pay the sacrifice and become the sacrifice so that you and I didn't have to stand from a distance looking at the presence of God. But Jesus says, I've made access for you to come right into the presence of God himself. To have fellowship. Can you say amen? Jesus restored that fellowship. In fact, remember I talked about the temple where the presence of God was in there? And if you recall the, the story or the Easter story, the Bible says that as Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, it is finished. And when he uttered those words in the temple, there was a veil that separated the presence of God to the outer court or the, the inner part there. And the Bible says that when Jesus said it's finished, the veil or the curtain was torn from top to bottom. So therefore, what Jesus came to finish in part was to pay the price for sin so that man is no longer fallen from the glory or his presence. Now, we have access. In fact, we see it in the Scripture. It says to come boldly into the presence of God. You have access because of Jesus. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Remember I said, remember Moses, that when he was in the presence of God, his face was changed, and it was the glory and the, the residue of being in the presence of God. Notice what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, but we all with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the lord so what that means is is because what jesus did he said the glory gets on your face again and he says, now when you look in the mirror, you don't see the fallen sinful man that you used to be. You see the restored new man of what Jesus made you to be. Amen. And so therefore, I don't have to see myself and say, no, I can't get in the presence of God. Oh, God, I, I've fallen. He says, no. He says, look at that. He says, you're in the image like me now, and you can come boldly into the presence of God, have an audience with God, expect his presence to show up. Because of what Jesus came to do. Now, remember this? We saw in Genesis chapter 3, he says, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 3, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Now look at how it's changed now that Jesus came. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 7, it says, you, speaking of God's man, 
have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You see, the way that God made man to begin with, he crowned him to have glory or access to the glory or the presence of God. When we sinned, we fell short of the glory of God. But when Jesus came and made the sacrifice and we received Christ, he says, I've crowned you with glory and honor. That's why I can look at myself in the mirror and say, no, my past don't define me. My mistakes don't define me. In fact, Jesus don't see those things anymore. Come on, isn't that good news? How many of you know that the Bible says that God forgets your past, your sins, your mistakes, and, and forgets them as far as the east is to the west? He doesn't remember them no more. But the enemy is so good at trying to remind you of your past, isn't he? He keeps diaries. He keeps books. He's got videotapes. He's got hidden cameras on you, right? WikiLinks, you know, they're, they're coming out. They, you know, they got the dirt on you, man. <laughs> right? But God says, no, because of Jesus, there is no past. You're no longer fallen. You now have access to my presence and my goodness. Can it be that easy? It is just that easy. Understanding how I access the presence of God. So how do we access His presence? How do I have fellowship with God? It begins by learning how to yield to God. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. But if you think about it from the standpoint of yielding to God as to how I would yield to my wife. Honey, come up here. Come stand this way. Face me here like this. There was a time when we were dating and we were in relationship or fellowship with one another. But there came a time where I said, you know what? I want to take this to the next level. And in front of about 500 people, I invited her up front and I yielded myself to her and said, honey, will you be my wife? <laughs> and every, everybody's like, what's she going to say? And she said, yes, thankfully. But see, what I didn't do and say, you're going to be my wife. <laughs> right? You're going to cook, you're going to clean, you're going to have my babies, and that's what we're going to do. No, I yielded myself, right? So I came and I surrendered or I gave myself to her, and it began by the words that I spoke to her and yielded to invite her to be a part of my life, right? Are you seeing the difference of how I yielded to her? The same thing is applicable. Now, I know none of you have to deal with this, so I'm just going to kind of show you how this could happen in normal people's lives, you know. So, um, I, 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 I've blown it with my wife. I've messed up, and, and, and therefore, I've got to humble myself. And so, I, I come to her, and I say, baby, will, will you forgive me? I, I yield myself to her, and the way that I yield myself to her is I say with words, I messed up. 
will you forgive me? Right? Now notice the difference. I could come and say, well, you know, I know I treated you wrong, but you know what you did. You know, I was justified in doing what I did, but I'm sorry for saying what I said to you. That was wrong. See the difference? I didn't yield to her. It wasn't the right heart. I was trying to prove a, a, a point of my error, yet at the same time, I'm trying to be forgiven. But my words, when I say, baby, I messed up to you, I said, you know, shouldn't have done that. Now, here's what I oftentimes do. I, 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 I'm sorry, I, I, I can't lie in front of church. <laughs> On occasion, I'll do this to her. I, well, 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 <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm getting better, right? But on occasion, I'll come up to her and I'll, I'll, I'll do this. And what do, you, what do you do when I do this? Right. I push you back. <laughs> I, I open up my arms, and what she says to me, this is typically her word, oh, this is nice. That's what she'll say to me. But see the gesture? The gesture was I opened up my arms as a form of yielding to her, and it invited her to have fellowship, right? Thank you, baby. You was great. Give her a hand. So, in this relationship with God, if you're here this morning, and you're hearing about having this fellowship with God, a relationship with God, having actual communication and interaction with a real God, it begins by yielding yourself to God. And the Bible says, this is how you do it. All who confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, they shall be saved or they shall be received by God. So your Christian experience begins by yielding your words to God and saying, God, forgive me, I've messed up. Will you come into my life? Will you come into being my Lord and my Savior? I want to have a relationship with you. And notice what the Bible says. The Bible says that you now become the temple of God. So no longer is he in the temple where you're looking upon it. The Bible says that when you yield yourself to God, he comes on the inside of you. You can't get any more closer than him being in you. And come on, if somebody's in you and you're aware of it, you're going to notice some changes in your life, right? I mean, I've got three kids that live under my roof, and I can turn around three times, and the house is completely changed, right? Because somebody's in my house. If Jesus is in your house, you're going to know it because he's wanting to have fellowship, Right? So now doesn't it make sense if my Christian experience begins with me yielding my voice to God and saying, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins. That's the exact exchange that once we have a relationship with God, where when we begin to praise God, you say, why is it necessary to lift our voice to praise? When I lift my voice to praise, I'm yielding to him. God, I love you. I worship you. Lord, I bless you. Glory to your name. You say, those are words that I'm not familiar with. Well, how many of you know that you got to learn to talk right at times? I, I know with my wife, you know, my dad and I, I was in karate for years. And so the love language of, of dad and me was to go by and slug each other. And it was like, hey, dad, bam. It was me basically saying, hey, dad, I'm giving you a hug. Love you, man. You know, that was our thing. 
Well, for the first few years of my marriage, that was how I loved on my wife. Hey, baby. (laughs) It didn't go over well. I had to learn how to change that. I had to learn how to talk differently, right? And so in your relationship with God, you might say, I'm not used to saying those churchy words like praise the Lord. But as you learn and you yield to God, God, I praise you. God says, oh, let's have fellowship. Or the other side, not just with voice, but you remember when I said I would do this to my wife? And me opening up, yielding to her, it draws her in. God says, we can lift up holy hands. Oh, you're one of those churches that raise their hands. Well, you, what are you raising your hands for? You're like flagging, waving at God or something? You know? No, it's how God likes to be praised. It says, lifting up holy hands. I'm not that kind of a praiser. I don't do that. It's not about you. It's about Him. And when we love on Him... He says, oh, that's fellowship. Why? Because I'm yielding myself to God. You say, well, man, that's, that's tough. Oh, we joke, it, uh, joke around here. Well, you know, just do the hip thing, you know. Woo, praise the Lord. <laughs> Get up to the two ones. Woo, praise the Lord. You know, if you can't, you know, go any higher than that, then just work on doing this. You know, oh, praise the Lord. Woo, glory. Right? Or maybe woo, up here, for you know it, you hear. Come on. What is it? Is it acting a certain way that's like, oh, it's you, you kind of church people. No, it's learning how to have fellowship with God. And when we do, God says, I'll not only show up in the midst of you, I'll come right down and have fellowship with you. And where God can be real. Amen? Let's stand. You might say, what does that look like? What does that fellowship look like? You'll find that just as you yield, give voice, just welcome Him to have fellowship with you, you'll begin to experience His presence. One of the best ways to do it is to do it in a corporate setting because it's easier in a corporate setting because everybody's doing what you're doing. I mean, just look around. I mean, look at some of the ones that just act goofy and crazy. You're like, well, at least I don't look like them. Praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> right? You can get your cool swagger on. Ooh, praise the Lord, you know. I'm talking about coming in the fellowship of believers. Where it's like, God, I want to experience you. And God says, all right, let me just love on you. And you're like, wow, wasn't church good? And then you go home and you think, wow, I wonder if I could do that outside of church. And then you just start to lift your voice and, God, I praise you. God, you're so awesome. Remember I said it's not a matter of how loud you are. It's a heart thing. And you might begin to experience God's presence like, wow. Never experienced that before. I mean, you think, man, I got goosebumps all over. I mean, I'm crying. I don't know what's up. It's just the presence of God loving on you. Amen. If you're here this morning and you say, I've never experienced God's presence. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what? 
I don't know if I have a relationship with God in the first place. But here's your opportunity to not leave not knowing. And it's simply a saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. Come into my heart. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, here's my promise to you folks. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I'm not going to embarrass you. This is between you and God. But I am going to ask you to simply to raise your hand if you say, I want to receive Christ into my life. That You say, I, I want this to be my day. And I just want to be able to recognize. I see those two hands. Thank you. Thank you. See that hand. Thank you. Isn't that awesome? I didn't even ask people to do it yet, but yet they're raising their hand already. That's amazing. All right. If you're here and you say, I want to receive Jesus. Would you just wave at me once again, just so I know? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put it down once you put it up if, if you want to. All right. Now, listen, guys. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to yield ourselves, open our mouth, and have fellowship with God. I'm going to lead you in the prayer. As I said, nobody's looking around. Nobody's concerned about who raised their hand we're just all purposing right now to pray this prayer out loud are you ready pray it with me dear heavenly father, dear heavenly father thank you for sending jesus, for sending jesus to, pay price, to pay the price give the sacrifice, give the sacrifice for, my fallen sin. for my fallen sin and i ask you now, ask you now to forgive me forgive come into my heart, into my heart. Be, my be my lord be my savior and i thank you now that I can have fellowship and do have fellowship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. See, not real churchy, not long-winded. I just said, Jesus, come into my heart. And if you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. You've now. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life